Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kyle and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Why Competition is Good for Business. Let's get started. The final of the women's 800 meter race was a spectacular event at the Tokyo Olympics this year. In the last few seconds of that race, A Thing Mo, a US athlete, was more than 5 meters ahead of the runner chasing her over the finish line. Mo was incredibly fast and dominated the field from the start. And when all runners had finished the race, something amazing became apparent. Almost all of them had run personal bests or other records. And Mo charging ahead and pulling away from the other runners hadn't discouraged them. They had performed even better than ever before. They were so inspired to catch up with the leader that they all exceeded their previous times. The struggle of the race brought out the very best in them. You could see it very clearly in that Olympic final. Competition can be incredibly powerful and motivating, particularly when you are outperformed by your competition. It can make you perform better than you ever thought you could before. And I believe this is equally true for entrepreneurs. We thrive through competition. And this is not obvious. Usually competition is a scary thing. We feel like competitors, they can take away something from us and we want to get our piece of the pie. And the more people want their slice, the smaller we perceive ours to be. But that's finite thinking. And entrepreneurship, while containing many finite parts, is in itself an infinite game on the whole. So let's take a look at the many ways in which competition can contribute to our entrepreneurial success. The first one is that competition is validation. In the financial services world, there's a saying, all public knowledge is already priced into any stock price. Unless you know something that others don't, you don't have an advantage. The market is already corrected for any potential advantage. And there are a lot of intelligent people in the business world. They see an opportunity just as clearly as you do, maybe even better. Perhaps a little bit worse, but overall, you can expect that unless you are incredibly lucky, other people will have at least considered building a business in your space. They considered it, they did the math, and then they made a choice. And now let's consider a scenario. If hundreds of people took those steps and ended up not even trying to build a business... What does this say about the opportunity that you're currently looking at? It's pretty likely that people with more resources and more experience than you have chosen to ignore this business opportunity for some reason. And in this case, you might want to start wondering why they did that. Do you see something that they didn't see? Or do they see something that you don't see? Might you operate under an invalid assumption? And now consider the opposite. The same founders looked at the industry, the problem, and the opportunity, and many of them decided that it was worth it. That is a good sign. Other founders going for something is an excellent sign. It's validation. Mainly if they succeed in building a business in the space, of course, but it shows, among many other things, that there is a budget among the people in the industry for a solution. If the space can sustain a few businesses, it can likely also sustain yours. Now, not all competition is equal. 
right? Sometimes competition isn't even a business. The usage of generic tools like Excel or Google Sheets can be a good indicator of a critical problem that people would pay to have solved. So don't just look for competing businesses. Look for competitive competitive alternatives. That would be the name for it. But one fact really remains irrevocable here. If there is not a single business or product in the space you're looking into, you might be looking at an industry that won't sustain your business. The presence of competitors or competitive alternative, any of them, indicates that you might have a shot. Now let's look competition as it drives distinction. There's another saying, this time in the software as a service space. If people built their own crude solutions using spreadsheets, like Excel or Google Sheets, it's a SaaS opportunity. In other terms, spreadsheets are super generic tools applied to super specific use cases. They're ripe to be unbundled. Sure, you can do your accounting in Excel, but FreshBooks will integrate with all the other tools in the space and will have a lot of custom built and logic specific to bookkeeping. Do you want beautiful data tables that can be integrated into web applications? You could probably do it with Excel, but Airtable will do much better than your run-of-the-mill spreadsheet. And all of those unbundled tools have one thing in common. They implement a subset of the functionality of the generic tools. They don't need to do everything well enough. They want to do one thing better than anybody else. And that's wonderful because Excel can do a lot of things. Taking any particular functionality and doubling down on it allows for building a distinctive product different from all the other products in the space. When founders build businesses that focus on being the best at one thing, they'll find, very likely, a niche in the market that isn't served well enough by the existing tools. Neither the generic tool nor the unbundled product serve those people well. That's just because there's a lot of niches in a lot of markets. And if you focus, you can figure out who needs it most. We experienced this with our EdTech teacher productivity SaaS, Feedback Panda. Online teachers, they were using Google Sheets to do their feedback for the students, and it didn't integrate with their classroom applications, and it just wasn't good enough. There were template-based text generation tools out there, like Text Expander, that people could have used and sometimes used, but they were not aimed at solving the specific problems of online teachers. They were aimed at solving the generic problem of taking tiny text fragments and turning them into bigger text fragments. But wasn't specific to the market of online education. And those teachers certainly tried using these tools, but it was just cumbersome. It was an underserved niche that was full of subpar competitive alternatives. When we built a system specifically for online teachers, with all their needs in mind, we experienced an avalanche of demand. Our marketing efforts were minimal because our customers were shouting from the rooftops about a product. They finally found a product that combined the ease of using Excel with the specific needs that only online teachers have. So we unbundled Excel for them and created a distinctive product in the process. And this distinction is wonderful for bootstrap businesses. You don't have to solve everyone's problem out there with your product. The more specific your niche, the better for your product development efforts. And serving a mostly homogenous customer base will make it easier to build a low-touch business. And knowing that all users share the same challenges makes feature prioritization a simple task as well. So competition allows you to carve out your own niche in the market. 
Now let's talk about competition as it forces adaptation, because it also requires you to stay aware of what is going on in the market. All businesses want to grow. Some might even want to capture whole markets. And markets are always in motion, right? Regulation changes, customer behaviors shift, expectations change over time. The only concept in business really is change. And that change is often driven by experimentation by your customers. Let's say you're providing a service for hosting video, a video platform. A new file format comes along that allows for higher video compression. And another hosting platform in your space implements it on their servers and just generates a 20% improvement in streaming speed, which is significant. At this point, you better look into offering your customers something similar. And just like in the Olympic 800 meter women's final I was talking about earlier, you have to catch up with the leaders in the race. Which race? Well, staying up to date with your industry. Making sure that your customers save the most money and time possible. The race where you want to provide the best service money can buy. Adapting to changes comes much easier when you see other players in your field dealing with them as well. You can learn from them. And that is why having competitors is a benefit. If you were the only business in the space, figuring out when you should react and when to keep doing what you're doing, that's going to be problematic. If you have a monopoly in your niche, the pressure of competition falls off, both the productive kind and the one threatening your livelihood. So does the motivation to improve at the same time? If you are the North Star, where do you go? Many founders and investors will tell you to go for a monopoly. Control the market, control the choices your customers get to make, control it all. But do you really want to be the only player in the market? I don't think this is a good long-term perspective. No single business can reliably and willingly serve everyone in this space. The dynamics of a monopoly lead to complacency and eventually consumer-harming processes. And you'll be alone. It's lonely at the top, and it's very muffled too. If you suppress choice, people will make do with what they have. They won't inform you about ways to improve because there are none for them. And it's much more chatter in an industry when your customer, customers have potential alternatives to go to. And that chatter is what you learn from. They'll quickly let you know what other players in the market are doing and what you're expected to do to retain them as a customer. If you can dictate the terms of this relationship, your customers don't get to see those alternatives. And running a business means constant learning from your customers, your competitors, and the rest of the market. The more incentives you have to learn about ways to improve and provide a better service, the stronger your business will become. Because competition is a great teacher. And finally, it also generates motivation. So let's get back to that Olympic final. I'm still mesmerized by the memory of seeing the runners' faces when they saw how far the gold medalist was ahead of them. They saw how much more there was to accomplish as an athlete, seeing such a clear display of skill and performance. And knowing that someone is doing better than you at the same goal is an incredible motivator. After all, you have the same goal. Be the best runner and your best self, if you are a runner. And only one can be the best runner. But all the runners can be their best selves. And competition makes that possible. Entrepreneurship is an infinite game. 
You cannot win at business, but you can constantly improve yourself and what you can contribute to the people of this world. The winning move is the one that allows you to keep playing. And that's the incentive that everyone competing in a space shares, sticking around, keeping things growing, and making sure the journey stays interesting. And usually interesting games require other players. So embrace your competition, provides validation, motivation, and will give you guidance on what will make your business stand out from all the others. And it's next to your competitors where you will shine the brightest. So competition is a good thing. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Booster Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You can check out the blog at thebootsterfounder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Soul, at zerotosold.com and The Embedded Entrepreneur at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me and the Bootstrap Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.